0: Introducing Nightlock, a Hunger Games podcast. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode. Today we are going to cover, including some reading of mock and mail, another quick trail analysis of the new TV spot with Game Maker's footage and Peter's interview clip, and more news includes finish reviewing the illustrated companion, reviewing the tribute guide, and featuring a song from the companion CD as well as our top 5 most anticipated scenes.
1: So we got a ton of stuff this episode but we don't have our regular chapter analysis because
0: we finished the book and Yes. Oh my god, 7 days left. Can yep. you believe that? It's Recording
1: just, on Thursday afternoon, so it's, it's gonna quite be, exciting. It's going to be crazy. Yes.
0: So this is our last yeah, this is this is our last episode with the regular format as next episode is completely dedicated to the CD companion District 12 and beyond where we play a clip of the songs we haven't covered and talk about how it fits in with the movie and ultimately the book.
1: Right. So, um, yeah, so next episode it's kind of just going to be like a big capital opera, which used to be called Matt's melodious music. Um, so it's just going to be completely music. Right. So get us psyched for the film.
0: And uh, just to remind you guys, Squarespace is offering a free trial for our listeners. If you go to squarespace.com slash nightlock, there is a two-week trial. Trial, twile, <laughs> trial for your own business, blog, or even a podcast. After your trial, if you'd like to continue, you can use the code nightlock 3 and receive 20% off your order. The code changes every two months, so just shoot us an email at nightlockpodcast at gmail.com to receive the current code.
1: And as you guys know, this is the website we use um, to have kind of... To make our website, so
0: so if you guys check out our website, it looks very, uh, it looks very professional. I mean, you can you would never guess like our previous one, which is at the Weebly site, right. it kind of looked like okay two teenagers made the site, but SwearSpeak makes it look very professional. So like if you're looking at the website, we have like on the sidebar we have our social networks, we have a countdown little widget that I inserted, which is pretty cool.
1: Sure, Matt. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> And then we got just like typing
1: yourself off there.
0: Hey, I worked hard on it.
1: Yeah, you you know, you that little widget that you contributed. <laughs>
0: so so I just like I like how it works and um, yeah. we can see all of our uh, stats.
1: Very straightforward. Yeah,
0: it's good. Do you want to do mock and mail? <laughs> um, you, about...
1: you can read it. You're...
0: right. So mock and mail is where we read your feedback from the show. On about the show, on the show,
1: whatever (laughs) it's about the show, and we read it on the show. So,
0: all right, so here's our first one. Says, Hi again on your last episode, you didn't know what I was talking about by the countdown list. I believe that it's on MTV, and it is particularly saying that each
1: day maybe you can't read That Parti- oh. is
0: practically saying that each day there is something to do before the movie comes out for example on a few days it says to reread the first book and highlight the parts you want to see in the movie and the day you finish go out and buy a new copy think of archery or debate on twitter on who should play finnick and catching fire mm-hmm. <laughs> um thanks for reading my email on the show i appreciate it. i truly appreciate it from riley
1: so the countdown list we didn't know last episode. Uh, he is telling us it's on MTV and it's kind of just like giving you tips before the movie premieres, like what you should do to like get yourself ready and all hyped up for it. Um, so, and he mentioned like some of the things on there. Um, most interesting was debate on Twitter who should play Finnick in Catching Fire. And um, just a comment on that: <clears throat> um, Gary Ross already has an idea of like who he wants to play. Whether they know that or have agreed to that, we don't know yet as fans. But, um yeah, he already knows who he wants, ideally. So um I don't know if the fans are really going to change his opinion. He seems to be very decisive yeah. guy. But, um yeah, thanks, Riley, for sending that in, since we didn't know what the countdown was. Um, Matt, you want to take the next meet- email again?
0: Sure. All right. Um, who's this from? Let's see. This is from Veronica. Hey, guys. Just wanted to say love your podcast, and you guys are awesome. My favorite podcast by far.
1: So Just great. keep reading it's about so, it. So great.
0: Um, <laughs> love the different segments. My favorite is Dark Duels. Oh wow! We have to bring that. A back. lot of people hate that. Um, I think it would be. <laughs> <laughs> so. I think it'd be cool if you did Dark Duels with not only characters in the book but maybe celebrities or others. Hmm. Could be a cool twist. Oh, this is the woman I emailed with. Yeah, oh, I did. hey Veronica, how you doing? <laughs> um, just wanted to drop you guys a note saying how much me and my husband and I—not me and my husband—stop. Yeah, my husband, I like you. Can't wait to hear more, Veronica. P.S. When I finished episode seven, I went to A.M.P.M. after to get Swedish fish because I could hear you guys eating them. i was so jealous. <laughs> um, had to get sour patch instead, but it was all because of you. You guys cracked me up, and I love it. That was Mariah. That's all Mariah right there.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> She's got it going on.
1: Yeah. So, um... I think the celebrity we'll idea the, is actually yeah. pretty good. Yeah, we could do that once or twice kind yeah. of thing. Twist it up. Yeah. Twist it up. No one says that. <laughs> Change it up or twist it. Yeah.
0: Hit me up. Is that what you... are I don't know. Well, all
1: right. All right. <clears throat> well, our next segment is Panem Post, and this is news brought to you by the Hunger Games fan sites, and h dot com. where you can get up-to-date news coverage about the Phantom and especially the film. And since we're so close, there's so much news coming out every day, and um, we kind of have the highlights on the show, but um, to get more in-depth news um, about all the actors and all the scenes and music and everything going on, make sure to check out those sites. Um, so, our first news story is the TV spot featuring some Game Makers footage has been released. That's kind of what we're coining it, coining the name to be. Um, so, we're going to kind of do a short frame-by-frame analysis of the new um, the new footage in there. Um, there's not a lot. Happy Hunger Games! Take care of them, get whatever you do, don't let them starve. Listen to
0: me, you're stronger than they are. You are. Just
1: try it I will. I promise. Hit the, 17, the girl on
0: fire! I'm not allowed to bet, but if I could, I'd bet on you. Thank you. The Hunger Games, rated PG-13, begins March 23rd.
1: The first one is at um timestamp 06. And uh, we can put this on our
0: website too, so you guys. You want to follow along right. with us?
1: Um, so at 06, we see kind of a shot of, is that, I would just say the capital in general, like we don't really know exactly where this is. It says the movie event of the year. And we get a glimpse of, there's a lot of like screens and I believe that's the interviews because if you look in the background um behind the, what did you do? <laughs> behind the V in yeah.
0: yep.
1: event, um you see screens and we also, we see right there, it's, uh, it must be Caesar's head, um, because <laughs> it's blue. Yeah, so,
0: Um,
1: but that kind of looks like Seneca Crane, like, right next to him. I don't know if that's just me, but yeah, not feel, really yeah. sure. I mean, it could be some tribute, you I know. Feel, yeah. Um, yeah, but it kind of gives us a cool shot of, like, you know, just the city, um, you know, the capital, and, like, it's really cool, like, all the lights kind of, because it's at night, the shot, and lots of buildings, and it's pretty big. I don't, we don't really get... Like, size-wise, we don't really know, but we'll find out come a week.
0: Yeah. Let's see what else we got here. Mm, um, uh, we've seen that one. This one we, we haven't seen. The um, timestamp 10.
1: Right after. the just did. looking
0: out into the woods. Kind of reminds me of a Twilight scene.
1: Oh, uh, it does. Yeah, the woods are. Yeah, Twilight. Yeah,
0: but I'm not fond of that because <laughs> this is related to this Twilight scene in no way whatsoever.
1: Yeah, and we kind of see her walking in this yellow shirt and... I mean, what is significance
0: to the yellow shirt here?
1: To make her look innocent, duh. Um, that was on last episode, right, that we talked about that? <laughs> we
0: we'll talked about the yellow shirt. Chapter
1: 7, 27, I mean.
0: Chapter 7? Way. Chapter 7, way <laughs> seven that.
1: you know, like, episode 2. Um, Yeah, what? No, I'm two. just, well, I'm not going to actually like, figure out what episode we did it on. All right, well. Whatever. That, that's just inaccurate, inaccurate okay. information. Anyway, so, so, um, I don't, do you think that this is the capital, or like, where is this? I mean it's not district twelve because she looks
0: too, too pretty. pretty. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean it's gotta be the capital, I guess. I don't know. Not really sure. But
0: we'll have to find out.
1: Yep, we can keep going.
0: Alright, cool. Let's see what else we got here. Um oh uh, um Timestamp eleven, you see the chariots.
1: And it says from the best selling epic novels, which completely accurate right there. Yeah. Um, so this is a really awesome shot of the Capitol again, but this time we, this is the chariot rides, as Matt said. And, um, we're going to get into, um, in the tribute guide when we kind of analyze that. Um,
0: when we where, kind of analyze it? When that. we kind
1: of analyze it, when we really, you know, get into the nitty gritty details of the tribute guide and everything it has to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, we see pictures of, I believe it is District 1, um, the tributes and then it's kind of like a shot of like a few of the chariots, but you actually see like the first couple tributes, um, dressed up. So, um, yeah, well, cause right now the shot that we have is we see all the chariots, but the tributes are really, <coughs> bless you. the tributes are just like dots. You can't really see them. Um, but I mean, yeah. architecturally it's pretty cool. Like, um, I do have to say Harry Potter connection here. The, um, on the side, stop! (laughs) On the side, they have, like, these banners, and they're all different colors. (laughs) And the colors are kind of all Hogwarts houses, but, I mean. Moving on! Anyway.
0: Uh, what else we got here? Let's see. Uh, we see, we see that one, the arrow scene. Oh, there we go. Timestamp 16. It says, on March 23rd, we got Caesar holding up. Hand, his hand, yeah, to a crowd of capital people. You see all the weird hairstyles going on. Yeah,
1: I mean, this is a great shot to just get a glimpse of really what the capital people look like because there must be, I don't know, 100 people in this shot. And people in the front row, you can actually see their outfits more. Yeah. And as it goes back, it kind of gets a little more grainy. But, um, I mean, definitely, like, seeing how weird they look. And I think this was one of our number one questions for how they would adapt the movie. Like, how are they going to make these people not look corny or, like, you know? Yeah. Weird, but a good type of weird. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah,
0: and I think they look pretty good.
1: They do look good. They're not... I think one worry of um, the costume designers were that it was going to look too 80s, like with the kind of wacko colors and like yeah. everything. Um,
0: I wouldn't know this since I could care less about the fashion, but <laughs> yeah. keep going.
1: I mean, it's interesting for people that like fashion. Obviously not us. We're not fashion people.
0: Um, that one we've seen. Um, have you seen this
1: one? I think so.
0: Yep. Yeah, we see... Um, oh, oh, okay. oh, 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 shoot. I missed um, it.
1: At 21 seconds, we see... Dang
0: it. I can't get it. I'm sorry. ...a shot
1: of the Game Makers. 21, yeah. And it's really cool. It says, the world will be watching. And there, this is one of the pictures we talked about from the official illustrated companion. And there, it's a big circle, and on the outside of the circle, there's a bunch of Game Makers. Yes, Yes, Matthew.
0: Okay, can I just point this out? Yes. See where the little arrows pointing to the number twelve right there?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Will be the location of the um, tribute in the arena. But then
1: how would they know? There's two number twelves, Peter and Katniss. So well, they
0: don't know which one. But still, it's like they—that's how they locate them. And you see, there's the cornucopia right there. Maybe. This
1: is it. I think. Oh so. yeah, that would make sense.
0: And then there's. So this could be.
1: The, the fire the fi- that's what i was saying yeah. the
0: fireball scene so that that's katniss, the red sorry. he's saying the red is like fire yeah the red like and fire. there's katniss running away from the fire
1: towards the lake towards um the lake. yeah and then we kind of see in this shot um
0: here's the big lake right here
1: the big lake is at the top left and then this would kind of be the stream i don't know because
0: yeah because this yeah, is the stream that she finds yeah
1: that's kind of a really wide screen uh stream but, but we don't really know how big the arena is anyway no um yeah, so it's pretty cool. Like the um just the design of like the game makers desk, it's very um kind of bright and everything's kind of like um see through, like the technology that they can kind of like everything is touch.
0: Yep. So that's Getcha. an
1: interesting shot. And
0: that one we've seen. Um, oh um
1: and the last new part is like a timestamp
0: twenty
1: four, twenty three. Yep. Of
0: Cinna so and Katniss.
1: Yeah. And Cinna's saying, if I could bet, I'd bet on you. And then Katniss says, thank you. So, as you guys just listened to the audio clip there.
0: And so, that's the TV spot.
1: And I feel like this is the one that's on the TV the most, like, as a TV commercial. That that one,
0: I haven't, I've seen the Taylor Swift one maybe once, Mm -hmm. the Safe and Sound one. Yeah. The official one I haven't seen in a while.
1: The one that first came out? Yeah. Okay. The second one I've seen... Like, okay. it's just,
0: like, it doesn't come on as much as, like, you would see, like, other movies. Like, when you are watch a TV show and they advertise a movie once, every commercial, like, every yeah, time the TV I've show goes out to commercial.
1: I have to say, though, like, watching, like, ABC Family, I feel like every commercial break I see The Hunger Games once. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know. I haven't been watching TV because I've been focusing on The Hunger Games so much that I haven't had time. But, yeah, that's it. You know. <laughs> so, the other um little clip we have is... MTV's release clip of Peta's interview so we're going to
0: take a listen to that now and um we'll see we'll well i think we'll discuss it a little bit after yeah so here it is so pete tell me is there a special girl back home no no not really no i don't believe it for a second Look at that face. Handsome man like you. Peter. Tell me. Well, there, uh... There's this one girl that I've had a crush on forever. Well, I'll tell you what, Peter. You go out there. And you win this thing. And when you get home, she'll have to go out with you. Right, folks? (laughs) Thanks, but I, uh... I don 't think winning's gonna help me at all, and why not because she came here with me all right, so I thought this was a really cool scene clip it's like one of the very rare ones we see and that's probably like one of the most important this is just at the table most <laughs> important scenes in the book
1: that um, I like I don't I think, important. Important. I think it's, like,
0: it's pretty beneficial, though, because it's, it's, like...
1: It's a turning point.
0: Yeah. Definitely. That's what um, I was thinking.
1: Of. Yeah. And I think it's, int- it's tr-
0: In- interesting, interesting There you go. to
1: see um, kind of just more of how the film is going to kind of how the camera work's is going to be and everything and really get a vibe for, like, what the movie's going to be like. Yeah. Because the commercials and, like, TV spots and everything that's edited together, a lot of clips, you don't really get a sense for that. And... This clip and Katniss shooting the arrow through the pig's um, apple, um, I think, really give us kind of insight into that. I mean, we didn't really hear. I don't believe there was any music in the background of this, but we did listen to music for the um, the arrow one. All
0: we hear the only like background stuff we have is the audience reaction, right? Which is pretty cool
1: because, <laughs> like ecstatic, you said, because
0: yeah. when he says, "When she came here with me," you hear like that gasp yeah. from the audience. Which was really cool, and then you They, they
1: didn't even need it, music, yeah. They shoot
0: it to Jen, and her face yeah. just expressionless, which I'm just, like...
1: It was amazing. And was kind of, like, her that's her character, though, because, like,
0: like, all the, like, all her, ex- all the, like, her emotions are in the inside, so mm-hmm. it's, like, when Peta actually said that, we, uh, we're expecting her to be, like, all emotional, because that's how she was to us, to the readers. Right. But, like, on the outside, looking in, like, she's fine. But and, I feel
1: like she she played with that kind of concept, like, I almost want to say beautifully. I mean, I don't want to go too far because we haven't seen the movie yet, but everything we've seen so far that have shown her acting abilities, like, she has to show a little bit of emotion, but not too much. You know what I mean? It's like that delicate balance between, you know, what she should do. And I think it's interesting, like, how much she does. And I feel like she did it well. Do you agree? Like, she didn't show too much?
0: No. I don't think she showed enough, but... Really? Yeah. I can't judge. Not yet. So... What last we got. Um, Hunger Games, you can talk about this Okay.
1: One. Well, there was a Hunger Games 12 campaign.
0: 24.
1: Oh, uh, just kidding. Hashtag <laughs> Hunger Games 24 campaign, where fans would unlock advanced screenings of the Hunger Games in select United States cities. Um, so all the cities have been released, and now fans can enter to win tickets to see these advanced screenings of the shows um, on March 21st, and that's two days in advance of the worldwide release. So, um, I know some of the cities, um, Boston was a city, um, can't remember, probably LA, I'm guessing, like, kind of more major cities, but, um, New York wasn't on there again. Yeah, they, what is wrong it, with my, them the not-
0: Lionsgate is not fair. Yeah,
1: they just don't like New York. Like, what the hell? Not cool. What's your language. I'm oh, sorry. It's like- <coughs> oh, sorry. It kind of stinks for us, because yeah. New York is like, Yeah, 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 yeah. New York is the closest city for us, so it's kind of that stinks. But anyway, so um, yeah, it's definitely cool. Um, you guys should enter to see if um, you get picked to see an advanced screening. That's don't tell cool. us
0: about it though, because we want to see it for ourselves, like the actual. Yeah,
1: screening. I mean, I've heard um, because the premiere, the worldwide premiere, um, was a couple days ago, and so I did well, they
0: did. They went to the LA. Red they went to L. A. Premiere, then they were in London. They did the London premiere. Oh, I
1: didn't. Okay, yeah. Yeah, if
0: you check HungerGamesMovie dot org, mm-hmm. they do. Um, they had the L A premiere. They're the L A premiere, yeah. and um, then I think they're going up to Canada. The men of okay. the Hunger Games. So it's like Josh, Liam, Woody, Lenny. They're all going. Elizabeth. Up. No, it's just the men.
1: Okay, well, yeah. Elizabeth was in L
0: A. Elizabeth's not a man.
1: Well, she was there. There's. Pictures I'm of saying her. Canada. Okay, I'm talking about L A.
0: Yeah, and she was yeah, in London, right. too, Kira. Okay, cool. And then the men of the Hunger Games are just going up to um, Canada.
1: The issue of EW. Exactly. <laughs> the right. men of the Hunger Games. So. Yeah. So, we're getting so close. Um, so, our next news story is interesting because we've talked about, you know, obviously they're going to shoot for that PG-13 rating, but, you know, how are they going to get there without leaving too much out? Right. So the Harims had to make cuts in order to receive a 12A rating, um, which in the U.S. is basically like a PG-13 rating. Um, so do you think that this is going to help or hurt the franchise, that they're kind of cutting some stuff out?
0: Well, we, like, I just read about this with um, Josh and Jen, and they both said like, they feel that the teenage population today is mature enough to handle... Like the mm-hmm. brutality of the Hunger Games, they're right? Like, but they, had to they, have to, they have to stay true to the book. They can't annihilate
1: mm-hmm.
0: that kind of. Those they don't want to
1: glorify. Of, well, the yeah, gore. they
0: can't annihilate those kinds of things. Right. But it's not like they're promoting it. It's like that. It's just natural. That's how we have to. How they have to stay true to the book.
1: Yeah. So it says, um, quote, the cuts were made at the request of the distributor to achieve a particular category. To obtain this category, cuts of seven seconds, which I mean, doesn't sound like a lot, but that is, you Seven know... Seven
0: seconds of a movie is pretty... Yeah, early.
1: that's that's a lot of frames uh, were required. Some or all of these cuts were substitutions. The company chooses to make cuts in order to achieve a 12A classification, which is like rating. A number of cuts were made in one scene to reduce an emphasis on blood and injury. So, obviously, it's gore. It's not anything else, as we, you know, expected. Um... The company was advised that the film was likely to receive a 15, which would be, I guess, closer to an R rating for Mm -hmm. our U.S. fans, but that their preferred 12A classification could be achieved by making numerous cuts and visual reductions. When the finished version of the film was submitted for formal classifications, cuts had been made in four scenes of violence and one scene showing details of injuries. So can we guess what these are? Like the,
0: probably the cave scene would be one. Mm.
1: Look, well, because
0: the Peter's injuries where his leg is? I think exist.
1: when she's cleaning Peter up is and, details um, of injuries.
0: Glimmer with the yes. trackers track where like kind of had digger hands. Well, it into. says one
1: scene. So what do you think is going to be more? I mean, they and,
0: can't really show the battle from the cornucopia when they first start, because this is, we're following Katniss.
1: I feel like, a lot, yeah, but a lot not of the this. whole not the whole movie. I mean, we we get, get out this. of the arena, we see other people's point of view. I feel like, for that scene in particular, they're going to have her kind of walk out and kind of be, you know, how she's running for a couple hours and everything, and always moving, and they're going to, like, flash back to, like, the cornucopia, everything that's going on, and they're, like, kind of flashback between that.
0: Again, like, we can't, I don't like talking about this stuff, because we haven't seen the movie, so we can't.
1: I know, but this make, is all we can't giving us. any of this. It's all giving us, like, clues as to what the movie's going to be like.
0: <laughs> I don't want clues. I just.
1: <laughs> you just want the me.
0: movie. I <laughs> just want to sit there and just, like, make yeah. all of our inferences. We're going to be there with our little notepads, writing yeah. down notes about the movie. Because there's no way we're going to remember any of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, Please. it's going to be such a blur. It's going to be, you know, 1 o'clock in the morning. Like.
0: Hey. I don't do, do well staying have. up late.
1: I'm. <laughs> at least it's not my first midnight premiere. That would be bad. But, so that gives us more insight into, um, you know, they did, you know, I think the way they shot it was kind of just go for what they wanted, and then they'd make cuts if needed, um, yeah. which is a good way to do it. So um, another news story is the fan events we talked about on, I don't know if it was last episode, it was some previous episode. Um, one of held. our
0: many episodes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, and those were the ones that um, the trio and Gary Ross, because everyone wants to see him so bad, um, appeared That's in L. A. Yes. Why? Because everyone's going to see the trio. It's kind of like it, come, and I... Gary Ross is there. I mean, it's great, but everyone is kind of like, I want to get my picture with Josh and Liam. Just go away. <laughs> Did I tell you this story? <laughs> okay,
0: um, I read this interview with Jen. Yeah. And they were like, they were talking to her about like the um, like going to like all the different tours. Like, how's the tour going? And Jen goes, yeah. you know. I mean, I got two great guys on one side. I got Liam on one side and Josh on the other. And, like, they come up to see Liam. They say how much they love him and how attractive he is. They start sobbing. They come to me. I barely have enough to sign my signature before they go to Josh and they just die <sighs> on the floor. She goes, you "No, know, I spent a good two hours on my signature. So I had a little heart on it. I took it out. It wasn't worth it. She goes, I'm <sighs> like, screw it. They're not here for me. I could not show up. And they wouldn't care.
1: Oh, I would care. <laughs> Hurley would care. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Jen's just like, I- they're not here for me.
1: Oh, but they are. She's going to be the next, like...
0: But it was still really funny. <laughs> yeah. It's like, she just... She understands that, like, she's not... She is obviously important, but, like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: through the girls' aspect... Yeah, I mean, there's like, a lot of girls. You got Josh fandom. and Liam, I mean...
1: Yeah, well, just Josh. <laughs> so oh, they boy. hosted a and a session for the Hunger Games and for the Hunger Games fans, and this was the first time that there was a fan event with the stars so that's it's pretty you know important step in our little franchise and a lot of fans camped out 12 hours beforehand and it was it really was packed um to get in there you know they picked the first 100 people or so and um you know if you weren't there 12 hours ahead of time very unlikely you get in so um yeah. this really is turning into a huge fandom i think bigger than both of us predicted i don't know um i thought it was kind of going to bypass Twilight and uh, that fandom. but Obviously. Yeah. I think it's just so much better. But anyway.
0: <laughs> hey, whenever I used to hate on Twilight, I was like, hey, we have Twilight fans, you yeah, have to be nice, yeah, but yeah. obviously you're not, so.
1: Well, there's a balance, Matthew. It's a delicate balance. <laughs> there's a balance. <laughs> So Barnes and Noble posted the tracking list for the Hunger Games score, and it gives us some insight into 18 different scenes. Ooh! So it kind of gives us the rundown of how the movie is going to play out, and um, I want to think also like what percentage is devoted to like pre-games and like the actual game. Um, because if you think about it, it's like the whole book like a lot happens, and it's two and a half hours. Or sorry, two hours twenty minutes, I believe.
0: 143 minutes, I think. E-
1: it's two hours yeah. twenty two minutes. Right. So
0: that's long
1: that's good though
0: it's a good cuz they got a lot to cover
1: yeah so um a track called Rue's Farewell" is the longest score which makes sense cuz it's going to kind of be a long scene but that brings a question into view um now if there is a track for Rue's Farewell" does that mean that Jen's not going to be singing during cuz I she was recorded singing for no, something no there will be so, like, there has
0: to be background music as, like, as she's done singing and, like, she okay. puts the flowers around.
1: Because okay. remember
0: that, uh, what was it, the parody that yeah. the two people made where, like, they did Rue scene? Oh, oh,
1: Did you yeah, see yeah, that yeah. one? It was,
0: like, looked pretty mm-hmm. professional.
1: Yeah. Um, they filmed the ten-minute scene. They
0: had music playing. Right. While, uh, Kat was just like, Kat just putting soft the flowers around yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. That's probably it.
1: So and the opening song is the shortest and I think that's the one I'm most interested in cuz is this going to be the Hung Games theme, you know what I mean? Or is it just going to be the mockingjay call?
0: No, we don't have like any of like this music, right? We don't know. No,
1: no, we don't. This we is can't not do it. um you can purchase the score beginning March 26th, So you can buy that for me. And um for Me obviously,
0: I'm the music person. <laughs> yeah, here. yeah, yeah.
1: So these songs are composed by James Newton Howard um and this is what you'll actually hear in the film compared to the companion CD that's not going to be in the film. So this also brings up a question. Why isn't T-Bone Burnett listed as a composer? He was on a tag team with Danny Elfman, and then Danny Elfman had to leave, but they said Timo bone Burnett was still on board with the whole score. Well, didn't
0: he produce the uh, companion CD?
1: Is that it? Yeah. Oh, okay. So is he just the companion CD, yeah, and then he was, James knew it? I mean, his... obviously
0: he could have helped James with, like, certain things, but right. I don't think he made, like, big contributions. Oh, okay. Because it did say that... Um, he was, Hubert bon Burnett was the producer of the companion CD.
1: Right. Okay. Um, so just to kind of like list a few here, um, we also, we obviously have the theme to begin with, Hunger Games, it's called. Um, then we have Catness A Foot, Reaping Day, The Train, Entering the Capitol, Preparing the Chariots, Horn of Plenty. You're not
0: going to list all 18, are you?
1: I'm just reading through so they get an idea of what the list is going to be like. So, um, Horn of Plenty, what is. What is point that of supposed to be? Could
0: be uh, um, I don't know. Conocopia, but
1: mm, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. But the countdown is down here. So, uh, penthouse slash training, learning the skills, the countdown, booby trap, healing Katniss. So at this point, um, I'm guessing, uh, like number ten, they're in the um, arena. arena. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, booby trap, healing Katniss, ruse farewell. We could go home, which that's a quote from Peter, right? Um, searching for PETA, the cave, mutations, and tenacious winners slash returning home. So I'd say it's almost half-half of pregame stuff and the games. Do you think that seems
0: I don't think this is good? enough music to cover two hours.
1: Yeah, I was thinking that too. I'm like, there's a ton of different...
0: But there could be a lot of scenes where there is no music playing because it's so intense.
1: That the absence they, of music is yeah. actually makes it more intense. yeah. That doesn't cushion it.
0: Like, you couldn't have... For, like, PETA's interview, you can't have music for that. Because there's mm-hmm. so much important information going on there. Yeah. So you can't you can't include it.
1: Okay. Yeah. I feel like other movies have a much longer soundtrack. Don't you agree? I
0: mean, they do.
1: And, like, this is two hours and 20 minutes. Like, it should have longer. Maybe it's
0: more like those movies are more action-y movies.
1: Maybe. Well, this is a pretty action-packed movie. It's got quite a few... Like I said, we can't make judgments. Like, like where's the music for like when the the game makers are throwing the um fireballs? I don't know. You know what I mean? I what mean obviously
0: it? they can repeat some of the music. That's like you true. know, like okay. Hedrick's theme. Yeah. How many times do you think it comes out? So yeah. they this is uh, a lot of this stuff could be repeated as like okay. more emotional scenes like Rue's Farewell could be played with multiple times.
1: Yeah, when she's it's like just like thinking the melody about of it. it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, our next news story is Gary Ross has been quoted saying that Catching Fire will not be in 3D. Hallelujah. Thank God. So he conveyed he was not a fan of 3D and made it very clear he's that he does not director. like it. Yeah, he's awesome. You know, at first I was like, I haven't, he, he's only had a few things, you know, Sea Biscuit, you know, not too much. But he's turning into quite a lovely director. Of course, we haven't seen the movie yet, but you know, we might hate <laughs> we'll, him. We'll we saying, might he hate was him awful. Week, yeah.
0: <laughs> Right, yeah.
1: But I think this is... I mean, they're not milking the fandom too much. I mean, there are Hunger Games water bottles and all that kind of stuff, but that's when not it comes his, That's to... not
0: his doing, though. That's Lionsgate.
1: Yeah. So when it comes to different kind of types of milking the fandom, it seems like Gary Ross is not into that, and he's into the real experience of it. So right. Very awesome.
0: So um, our, our next segment is Under the Microscope, and this is where we review products related to the Hunger Games. So last episode, we discussed the pictures in the Hunger Games official Illustrated movie companion. And we will continue today with the information in the text.
1: And we are also going to cover the tribute guide because it was so short. Um, We figured we could fit into this episode.
0: Kira's um, got a lot to say about that. <laughs> yeah.
1: So do you want to cover Illustrated? Yeah. Okay. Because
0: you're... You, okay. Yeah. So I'm um, just going to go through the quotes here, what we got. We have uh, Susan Collins' father challenged his kids to ask questions. What, if anything, made these bloody battles worth their cost?
1: So I think this is important because she's talking about um kind of like what her childhood was like and how it shaped the book, you know? Like, we see a lot of different things, how um things in her life that influenced the book. And I think it's always interesting to see, like, where she got certain aspects of the book from and, like, everything. And we, I feel like we talked about from the movie magazine. Remember that? our first um under the microscope um you know uh product. Um we talked about how Katniss's father and um Colin's father is really very similar. We don't really see a lot of differences there. Um except for going to war. But um yeah it's interesting to see where she got all this stuff and um you know she really she was questioning war as a kid and now she still is as an adult and she's kind of letting us all know about that.
0: It's good Kira. Um also the companion talks about the original name for the Hunger Games, which was the tribute of District 12.
1: Do we like this better? No. No?
0: I feel like the Hunger Games is, like, short and, like, easy to remember. Mm-hmm. It's like, you got HD, and then you got TTD12, like, that's just so <laughs> yeah. stupid. No, like, this is better, because mm-hmm. it doesn't cover just, like, focusing on one tribute. It's, like, the Hunger Games in general, which is The whole hard. concept, yeah. It's yeah. so much more um, yeah. beneficial.
1: Mm-hmm. Very interesting.
0: All right, um, also, sorry, sorry, Gary Ross went all out with making a documentary of interviewing with teens, talking about what the Hunger Games meant to them.
1: And he did this in order to um, kind of land the role as director, so he, you know, in his, um, his own interview of, like, oh, why would you make a good director, he went to the trouble of really, like, kind of interviewing teens and was trying to get everyone's perspective to make the best movie he could and make it into a franchise, so... I thought, you know, props to Gary. This is like a total, like, love Gary episode, right?
0: <laughs> and then we're going to watch the movie, and you're going to be like, like, Oh
1: my God, oh. I hate Gary Ross. It's <laughs> so
0: um. awkward. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gary Ross was quoted saying with Suzanne Collins, It wasn't that she was involved, it's that we became a writing team. Um, we never see a writer be fully involved yeah. with the film. We usually have, like, here's the book, do what you want with it. Mm-hmm. But, like, Susan was so persistent on it, and she, like, even visited, went to visit the mm-hmm. set a few times.
1: Yeah, and she'd, like, talk to Jen and, like, and you know, here's some tips. Or, like, Jen would be, like, you know, would Katniss be more like this or that or so. It was
0: good. So it's, like, that helps the actors portray the character more.
1: Yeah,
0: And I think she's proud of, like, what has been accomplished here. Also, both Nina Jacobson and Gary Ross had Jen in mind before talking about it with each other, but still auditioned actors out.
1: So initially they were like, "Oh, we gotta have Jen play Katniss," and they well, both because, thought this. I was just like, "What this. were
0: you talking about with the Winter's Bone thing?"
1: Yes. Um, last night I watched Winter's Bone, and um, obviously Jennifer Lawrence is in that, and she's the main character. And I was just talking to Matt before we were recording how um similar the two characters are, Katniss and Re from Winter's Bone. How they both have like an unstable, like emotional, emotionally kind of distraught mother and a father that's out of the picture. Um, she has to take care of her young siblings, and she's good at hunting and surviving, and so it's interesting to see how she kind of takes <sighs> skills from her role as Reed Dolly and kind of takes some of that into Katniss Everdeen. So, if you're interested in seeing, like, how, um, Kat, sorry, how Jenna's gonna be as Katniss, um, more from just the clips we've seen, definitely check out Winter's Bone. Highly recommend it.
0: Recommend it. <laughs> recommend it. Recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> um... Also, when Jenna auditioned, she did the scene where she was saying goodbye to her family and Gail.
1: Just a little tidbit all right, well, for us to know.
0: <laughs> it's great. Thanks for sharing that. It was
1: very emotional. It made the people cry that were watching her. <laughs>
0: <So good. laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> all right. This, this is, is stupid. Why are you telling me this?
1: Because this is information we got from the book. Uh, Elizabeth
0: Banks approached Gary Ross for the role and of And it shows Fe.
1: how much she wanted the role and how... Um, she was involved and she wanted the role. It wasn't like, oh, do you want to play her? Oh, I guess. Like, she read the book. She was like, I I want to play this. I can be Effie. I am Effie. (laughs) Yes, I
0: am. Um, also, Donald Sutherland was persistent for his role as Snow. He wrote ideas down for Ross, and Ross incorporated them into the film.
1: Yeah, and we actually saw some of these through pictures and stuff, like, um, him saying, oh, you know, I think this would be, um, a good... Um, kind of quote for him to say, or like he might kind of have kind of, this kind of hairstyle. Like he put a lot of his own ideas into the character. And a few
0: things, um, Gary Ross gave President Snow a lot more backstory in the film. That was part of um, because
1: of Donald Sutherland, the actor.
0: There are scenes where we see him in his rose garden with Seneca Crane, right? Which was not included in the book,
1: right? Because everything's from. Katniss Gary felt that
0: like President Snow didn't have that big beneficial role in the first book. Mm-hmm. It's not like the second or third book where we really see him, but um, I think it's like it's good that we have that kind of backstory.
1: Definitely, it's kind of
0: yeah. Um, also, Ross knew Lenny Kravitz would be perfect for the role and told him he could have the role if uh, Cinna if he wanted it.
1: Right, so he didn't even have to audition, which I find is a little weird. I guess like you know he probably saw him in the movie Precious, the only movie he's been in before this one. Um, but I still feel like they should have auditioned him. Like, what if he was horrible? You know what I mean? Like, like I used to think. <laughs> I'm still not completely, like, satisfied with him as Cinna I don't know. I guess he's just different from the book, but,
0: yeah. <clears throat> um, Alexander Ludwig, who plays Katie, original audition for the role of PETA.
1: Did you know that? No. You didn't. No. I, I knew that. Well, just
0: because, Alex, just because you're blonde doesn't mean that you can play Peter.
1: I think so he's, he's got a sense of You can't suicide. act the role,
0: you don't deserve it.
1: So. I think... I mean, I have to bring up the question because it's just there. Like, would he have made a better no, PETA? No. no. I don't think I so feel either. Like, I feel
0: like, okay, not to be hypocritical, not hypocritical, just like favoritism here. Like, Josh is PETA. Yeah. Like, no, hands down.
1: I know, like, in an interview with Josh I was even watching. says
0: himself that he is PETA.
1: Yeah, like, an interview with actually Alexander Ludwig, the guy we're talking about. Um, he said something like, "Oh yeah, like Peta is Josh Hutcherson or something," instead of the other way around. Like, yeah, like that, <laughs> they're the same person. Like, what do you mean? Like, so it's like we were while
0: watching the interview, we're just like, <laughs> Kira and I are just like, this guy doesn't even have to act
1: yeah. to play Peta. Like, you see, and it's
0: just how he is.
1: It's hilarious. Like, you see the clip of him talking with Caesar, and then you see a clip of him talking with Jimmy Kimmel. It's like the same person. <laughs> even the way they sit. Like, there's a picture of um. You know, I can't remember which picture it is. Some picture of Pita kind of sitting down and kind of, like, leaning over or something like that, like, kind of doing that, and there's a picture of him, Jimmy Kimmel, like, doing the same thing. So it's, like, the same pose, and someone on Tumblr put them, like, right together, and, like, Josh is PETA, like, it's the <laughs> same person. So, that was funny.
0: Um, And Isabel Furman, who is now playing Clove, a virtual audition for Katniss, but she was declined because she, is too, she was too young for the role.
1: Now, do you think that's... I don't know, like, she is 14. The actor is 14 years old, so she's, like, a freshman in high school. Um, But, I mean, I don't know. Katniss is supposed to be 16, right? So I feel like when they choose actors, like, this was a smart move not to have her just because they should never go younger than what the character's supposed to be. They should go maybe a little older, but not too much. I feel like, I wish Jem was a couple years younger. I wish she was maybe, like, 18. You know what I mean? Like,
0: But then it's like you don't feel like... You can make a person look younger, but I don't think you can make yeah. a person look older. Uh, you can. I mean, like Josh is eighteen; like yeah. he looks like he. You can make him look like he's sixteen. Yeah. Like either way, it's you can't. I just feel you like can't make someone like Isabel Furman look too six, much older. Like yeah. sixteen, like she hasn't gro- She hasn't like grown up that much yet. So it's. It's I can see where they came with that. They said she's a good actress, but she's not fit,
1: and so they put her with Clove. <laughs>
0: you know? And that's perfect too because she she yeah. makes a good Clove as well. Um, Mendo Stettenberg, who plays Rue, had actually had her mom dress her up and put twigs on her, her dirt on her face, <laughs> twigs in her hair um, for the role of Rue.
1: Yes, and she got the role. Awesome, <laughs> and. Um, what was interesting is she actually went to Gary Ross's house to you know conduct the um audition. the audition. And so and she was like, Oh my god, I feel so bad. Like I don't want to sit on anything, I want to get it all dirty, like Gary <laughs> Ross's house, you know what I mean? So it's kind of funny. It's cool to see like what you know, these actors are normal people too. You know, sometimes we hype them up a little like too much. Like they're just people. Like, calm down.
0: Um also Jackie Emerson was just a typical fan and spent days with her friends thinking who would be the best for different roles. She originally thought Emma Stone would be a good fox face.
1: Interesting, because I think Jackie's a much better fox face. I think you have to, for all these ca- characters, except for, I think, the main characters, um, for all these tributes, really, you have to have people that are unknown. Otherwise, you're just going to associate them with other roles, and, like, they should just be for these roles. You know what I mean? Like, brand new, like, nothing associated with them. You agree? Yes, you're Agreed. not. Yes, yes. <laughs>
0: Sorry. I'm not to this. Um, blue-gray is the main color for District 12 because of mining, which we saw in the TV spot.
1: Remember, like, um, I mean, we saw pictures in the Illustrated Companion of um, the miners, and they're all kind of, like, lined up, and some of them are, like, overalls, that kind of stuff. And um, they're all kind of wearing, like, blue-gray. And, like, for – if you look at the District 12 footage um, clip, kind of one of those trailers – um, we see a lot of different like kind of blue gray, and it's kind of like yeah, it's all kind of like the same, and kind of it kind of gives you that feeling of like a depression, kind of like not nothing's you know ideal. I guess. See, I can't like put it to words. No, I'm you know trying what I
0: mean? to think. I'm trying to see if I can disagree with you on this. Um,
1: because nothing is bright. You know what I mean? Like the only thing is. The reaping, everyone's kind of in white, but even that and is kind of drab. And then after just stands
0: like... out in the big purple dress. Right. But...
1: I think that makes it all the more efficient to have all, well, we don't really see any of the other districts yet, but, like, to have District 12 be that bland and very um, kind of washed out and to have Effie be so vibrant and, like, neon and...
0: But the symbol, like, white is a symbol of innocence, and, like, these people are technically suffering. Like, there's no- nothing wrong with them. Mm-hmm. So like you take, for example, District One and Two, who have every, they have everything they need. Like basically, they live how we live. Yes. And then you go to District Twelve, and like you it kind of looks like that the people in District One and Two are spoiled.
1: Well, yeah, because they because, give the capital yeah. what they really want, what okay. they really need.
0: And so like District Twelve, they wear the white. I think is a symbol of innocence saying, like we don't have, we're not harmful. Um. So like we all know that District Thirteen was obliterated by the Capitol due to the Dark Days for the rebellion. So the next district under that is District Twelve. So it's like the Capitol is still afraid that maybe District Twelve will be the next one if they might start a mm-hmm. rebellion. It's kind of like that. So like they're trying to. But why that. District
1: Twelve? Why not District Four? Like why? Well, because
0: they're the people that are suffering the most.
1: Oh, okay. I see what you mean.
0: So they don't they don't understand. As the numbers
1: escalate, they the don't, depression escalates. They
0: don't understand why the capital is hurting them the most.
1: Mm-hmm. For
0: example, District 12 is one of the biggest districts.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It has the most highly populated people because there is like, they don't, let's be honest, I don't think they have any form of birth control or anything like that.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. They don't
0: have that much technology. So therefore, before, it's like they don't, they just have a spawn of population. And,
1: yeah, but d- we talked about on some previous episode that, um, with Mariah, I believe, that do we think that having, you know, being scared that, oh, if I have kids, they're going to have to go in the reaping, does that prevent people from actually having kids in all of the districts, not just districts, no, District 12?
0: No, I don't think so. But that kind of raises the question, why isn't the capital the most populated
1: Yeah, place? I mean, because it could be. Those, How do they, we know?
0: Because they aren't, those, their children are not forced into the Hunger Games,
1: Right, but how do we know it's not the most populated? We don't...
0: We don't know that either. Right,
1: so... Based we just said like, it wasn't, so I was I'm just clarifying.
0: Basically, like, with the capital.pn, with the mm-hmm. demographics thing... Yes. It shows that District 12 is the biggest district.
1: District, yes. Okay.
0: So, I'm just saying, it's like, the kind of the capital has that kind of fear of what District 12 might start, and so then... But wearing, they don't
1: let it be apparent. They don't no, want to let the, the districts no. know they're scared. So, yeah.
0: maybe, like, the wearing them wearing white is evident of their innocence so that they don't plan on anything.
1: hmm
0: Like, and they... I can't say anything else, because no, it's no, going to no, go, like, yeah. way into the third book.
1: Yeah. No, so. we got you.
0: Um, also, the final thing that we found with the Illustrated Companion is that shooting started on May 23rd, 2011.
1: 2011. And it so. ended, I believe, a couple of days into uh, September, about. Yeah. So... Some of the actors were done before then. Right, so some of the tripods.
0: The podcast in June. Yes, we did.
1: Oh my gosh! No, it was July.
0: Just,
1: uh. We started all the prep work in June.
0: June. Right. Yeah. All
1: so right. Okay, so overall, we talked about the pictures. Now we've talked about the content. Right. Um. What grade do we give this?
0: I'd give it like an A minus. A minus. A, A minus B plus.
1: Yeah, I was thinking maybe like. Actually, oh, um, you know What?
0: No, A minus to A. I think there. Yeah,
1: I think I'd give it an A minus because the pictures were fantastic. There's so many pictures in there. Yeah. And I believe it was I don't know like eighteen dollars or so. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't ridiculously expensive. Like it was kind of steep, but it wasn't too bad. Right. So. Um,
0: I would give it an A just because of the information and stuff. Like obviously we've seen some of the pictures because
1: some of them, but a lot a of them were nobody and
0: Asian go on Fire posted them. But a few of them, like I have not seen. Yeah. which is really good so it gives us a better image of the movie.
1: But a lot of pictures that were posted on those two fan sites were from that book. Yes. That previously without that book they would not
0: obtain. Exactly. So I think the book just gives us such a better insight into what the movie's going to be like and all the information. And In the backstory. Exactly. Yeah.
1: It's very interesting like I love learning about the actors and you know just being knowledgeable about their lives and everything.
0: Okay, so, So, Kira, you may go forth with the Tribute Guide. All right,
1: the Tribute Guide. I'm just going to give you a warning. Um, I'm going to be very critical of this, even more than the other book, because I'm not a fan. I'm a fan of The Hunger Games, but not the Tribute Guide. Um, So we're going to kind of go over, just like we did for the other book, kind of the um, standout things that we learned from the book. So the first point is um, just kind of give you an overview of how the book um, goes. It takes the reader through the reaping. Um, all the way to being lifted in the arena, like a story told by the capital's perspective. So they take you from day one of once a tribute um, is chosen to be a tribute, all the way to right before they're in the arena. So it kind of gives you like a story of how they're going to get there. So one thing I learned from it was upon the arrival at the reaping, older kids register by pricking their finger, followed by a record, Fingerprint with the blood, so they kind of like um, you know instead of using ink, like, they use Like if you guys the have
0: watched Gattaca, yeah, when they slide their hand along the um, sensor, it pricks their finger and identifies who they are.
1: That's a good movie to talk about, really. To I the love Games.
0: Gattaca so much.
1: It's more about the genetics of, um, so, like, so that of the futuristic, futuristic utopian yeah,
0: type of society and
1: like um, technology and so, it's a cool movie. I um, to do
0: that
1: so. Basically, 50 pages out of the 130 pages were um, pictures of the tribute, a full page, and the next to it was, like, some information about them. Um, mostly it was just height for most of the tributes that we didn't know about. And some of them had weapon if the reader knew about them from just reading the book. So the tributes from the same district wear the same identical clothes um, in these profile shots. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, so that was kind uh, of interesting. Uh, you know, you got to analyze every nitty-gritty detail. Um, something I wanted to bring up, because I feel like we said Kato was 18 on some episode. He's 16, just to clarify uh, that. And Clove is 12. No, Clove 13. is 14, I believe. So it works a little he better. He's a perfect region. Okay.
0: Uh, well, I just so, had to mention that. There's just the height difference, but that's okay. Yeah. Because he's 6'2", and she's 5'4". Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, um, it's weird that you know that, number one. Because I read it in the movie, yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, but I think we just assumed he was 18 because of his massive size of, you know, just, like, all the muscle he has, which Cato put on, like, a ton of pounds. Pa- or, sorry, <laughs> Alexander. Xander put on a ton of pounds for the role on, I think, even more than Taylor Lautner did for his role. So, just to kind of put it in perspective a little bit. Sure
0: likes that a lot.
1: Anyway, <laughs> so, um, something else is that in um, District 7... Um, they have an Asian-looking um, boy as the tribute and an American-looking girl. So I had to bring this up. Now, wouldn't people question. from the same districts have the same ethnicity? That's like, a good wouldn't question. they both be Asian? Aww. Yeah, thank you.
0: Look at that, Kira. Um, I think. What do I think? Um,
1: I mean, because they're from the same part. I mean, if we look at the United States now, that's not very apparent. But I think hundreds of years from now. The people in the districts are only going to mate with each other, so therefore all the kids after generations and generations, because we're assuming, I mean, this has gone on for 74 years at this point. So we have had quite a while of them just, I'd say, maybe two or three generations at this point of, you know, just them mating with each other. So I feel like that they would be the same ethnicity, wouldn't you think so? you think that's a Well, no, a say,
0: like, say for the first generation you had an Asian man and an American woman. Right. Or, and so they might have, based on genetic wise, they might have an Asian child.
1: Right. Because Asian so is more have, dominant.
0: And say then that, that Asian child mates with, it. it's like, it just depends on who they mate with, yeah, too. Yeah, That keeps it, that keeps it going. Um, It can also be that they were adopted. Um, yeah, but adoption. I don't even, I don't think adoption don't even exists.
1: Yeah, I feel like if they just saw a kid on the street, oh, they'd take good, them him in. That's
0: question, like, what, what are their policies in the capital about, like, adoption, like, homosexuality, like. That kind of thing, like say, or if a couple wasn't, a, wasn't able to have a kid with a capital, would they go to the capital and because of their technology, would they, surgically, would they be able to surgically allow a person to have a child?
1: If they live in the districts?
0: No, if they, if they couldn't have a child, could they mm-hmm. go to the capital?
1: It, you're saying...
0: They, okay, so say like someone from District 2
1: okay.
0: was not able to have a child. Like they won't be able to conceive a child. Biologically. Biologically. Could they go to the capital by train, and have a surgery based on their technology. No, no,
1: because they can't leave the district. I would say if you're in the capital and you can't have your own kid, you could definitely do surgery. Okay. Of course, but if you live in the district, that's not something that you're entitled to at all.
0: Okay.
1: It's like if you have cancer and you're in the district, you're going to die.
0: But that's the same thing with, like, homosexuality. Like, what about, I don't know if, like, the whole gay marriage thing. Would they allow that?
1: I mean, we haven't heard anything in the books. We haven't
0: read, we haven't got into it because... We don't know many of because uh, we don't have any gay couples here.
1: Right. I don't think Susan Collins would want to open that up just because That's
0: true. because it's a teen novel and she because
1: just... it's a teen novel and she wants to reach the biggest audience she can and she doesn't right. want to exclude Christianity or other religions that don't believe. That's why there in gay is marriage. no
0: form of religious eth- religion right. ethnicity nothing associated with cultural background. Right. Because it could be taken as the book is religiously offensive or right. Uh, it's um.
1: Or even like things that mock religion in books. Like I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but there has to be something in The Hunger Games that kind of mocks, um, you know, religion. It mocks
0: humans basically.
1: Oh well, yeah, definitely. And I think it also kind of mocks well, like that all
0: novels mock something. Yeah. They have some. Otherwise, other... what are
1: they? You know, what's the purpose, right? <laughs> Exactly.
0: <laughs> so I was just like that's something I thought about.
1: But yeah, I mean, just to bring up like how Rue and Thresh are both dark skinned, and that's probably more to do with environment. Because they're, um, they're agriculture, so they're working under the sun kind of thing, that they're probably going to be darker skinned. Um, but I don't know, it's just kind of weird that, um, District 7 wouldn't have kind of the same ethnicity. Just something to ponder. <laughs> so, um, another thing we learned was that Hamish's Hungry Ames is the 50th, which was the quarter quell, which, a quarter quell, and it had four tributes from East each district, making it more impressive he was crowned a victor because, you know, he was in there with twice the amount of tributes. Um, so we we didn't know this from the first book.
0: We found this out in the second book.
1: We found this out in the second book. So it was just kind of, um, interesting that they put that in there just because, um, which it's not a big spoiler, but I mean, if it was in the second book, why would they put it in the tribute guide now when they're only talking about the first book? Um... So I don't know if that was kind of um, a flaw on Lionsgate's part or they just didn't really care. I don't know. Um, so this kind of brought up a question that I had in mind. Um, for districts that have multiple vic- victors, um, what determines who would be the mentor of, like, that year? Like, do you know? Is it the youngest or, like, whoever just won, the most in recent? The
0: districts that have multiple victors, what did
1: you like guess? district one has to have so many victors,
0: yeah,
1: right. So how do they determine who will be the mentor? Like Hamish is to Katniss. Oh, I see. I think it's the most recent one. You I think, think it's so? the most
0: recent victor. So say like for example, if Glimmer had won the mm-hmm. Hunger Games, yeah. and there were many victors succeeding her, she would be the next. She would be the mentor. The
1: next one. She would be the next mentor. Okay, like, simple as that. Yeah. I just wasn't sure because...
0: The only reason Hamage is like their mentor is because no one has the won one. the Hunger Games so, since he did.
1: So what happens if, um, potentially, if it's the 73rd Hunger Games, Katniss and Peeta weren't in it yet, and Hamage dies with the, you know, alcohol overdose or something, like, who's going to take his place? How does that work?
0: They would probably either bring someone from the capital
1: hmm. to mentor them, I wonder or if they would if then they would like
0: just um or just pick someone random?
1: I wonder. Or like I mean, do you think the next Hunger Games then they would give an advantage kind of without letting the audience know that they're gonna give an advantage to that district because everything has to be perfect to the Capitol. We've touched on that concept that the to the Capitol everything has to be perfect, precise in its place.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um you think they'd do that? Give it give them an advantage? <sighs> No. Because can't. I feel like they give an advantage to the careers sometimes. They don't. They don't? No. I don't know. I feel it's like they the might... the
0: careers have more money and they have, obviously they're going to have more sponsors.
1: Yeah. I suppose so. Simple as that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um Sorry. So, on page 81, um, it gives fans a first confirmed look at Portia. Um, so, that's kind of... I think that's the only character that we haven't seen yet. That we really haven't had something.
0: Yeah. I'm just going to pull up a picture of who the actress of Portia is, or Tasha Rose.
1: And I saw her on an episode of Bones. Um, she was playing a mom. Um, what did she? She seemed good. She seemed, you know, not crazy capital. But. I'm just
0: going to, like, picture her as Portia. Okay, so we're looking at the picture now. And this is, I'm looking at the picture from the one on our website and the one on the tribute guide.
1: The one on our website is just the actor.
0: Yeah. I see the same smile, but, like, the makeup and, like, the hair is just...
1: Oh, you're right. It is the same smile.
0: <laughs> it's uh, very... And the same nose, too.
1: The the hair is quite weird. It's, like, bangs straight down in a very straight line. It looks, like, kind of thick. And then the back is just, like, very frizzy hair. Goes out, like, a little above her shoulders.
0: I don't know about it. Hmm.
1: I don't really like it. It's, I feel like Effie pulls off, um, well, Elizabeth Banks pulls it off of kind of being eccentric without being, like, scary looking.
0: Yeah, this is scary. Like,
1: yeah, like, you know how, like, kids are afraid of clowns?
0: She's a clown. Like, if I was
1: a kid, I'd be afraid of that. <laughs> <laughs> if she showed up to my birthday party, I'd be like, oh my god.
0: That's why this movie's read PG 13.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why. It's not the gore or anything,
0: Um, so that's nice. Yeah,
1: I'm not too thrilled about her look, but I mean, she's not important. She probably won't even have a line, so. Right. And another point that we see in the book is how tributes during the chariot ride scene are described as if an announcer is doing so. so. that's a cool aspect. And we also get a glimpse at what the first three district outfits look like. Do we? Let's take a look. Yeah.
0: Do you know what page that's on?
1: No, I can probably find it faster ah, than you can. Ah, ah, ah. It's going to be at the end. No, just kidding. Be right there.
0: There we go. There it is.
1: Page, what page is it?
0: Uh, page 87. Se- uh, yeah.
1: So the first one... Obviously, we get the first three districts. We don't really only see the first two. Um, why don't you explain it, Matt?
0: Alright, so District 1 is with Marvel and Glimmer. Glimmer. And, um, they got some, like, pink ensemble going on. With, like, Glimmer's got, like, this weird
1: alf- headband head
0: thing. That's she looks like out. a peacock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they were going for for that. Yeah. And, um, District 2.
1: Well, wait, Let's wait. See. I uh, have to say, Marvel looks marvelous. Uh, anyway, so District Two. Oh, <laughs> so District Two, we see um. Cato. Yes. With Kato. like a
0: warrior, like a Roman type style yeah, warrior. Yeah.
1: That's what they were going for there. Good
0: thing. Kira likes the uh, shirtless. Going yeah. On. He
1: looks pretty sleeveless. Um, yeah. And I think it, not to be like too weird, but it kind of foreshadows how he's gonna have that armor in the arena, like how he's that strong and like no one can like penetrate him. You know, when like Katniss shoots the arrow at him, and just like Reflects off of his, or I mean, like ricochets off his um chest and there. then Peter's like, "Oh, we must have like some sort of vest on or something." So, not
0: Peter. Yeah, Peter,
1: <laughs> you know, Peter's smart. Um, she and is. we don't see Clove. Like, we really just can't see her, her. her. Like, yeah, because like oh. the page um
0: you see her a little bit. Yeah,
1: not yeah. really, but no. um, because the picture kind of like goes into the next page, so you don't really don't see it. Um, and then Districts. Three, they got some silver action going on with dark know. purple. What's so. district
0: three again? District three is technology.
1: Right, so they're going for the more um, silver for like Futuristic technology, I guess. Yeah. Thing. So that was interesting to just kind of get a glance at. Um. So another question that um was brought up in the book for me was: Is the head trainer in the book called Atlanta? Is it? Cause they I not think that. they
0: talked about the head trainer.
1: Yeah, I really don't think they do. I was going to reread the chapter, but I didn't get a chance. Um, yeah, because in the tribute guide, and we've seen like in the um, commercials or whatever, um, the tributes are surrounding um, a person, yeah. and it's her, and she's talking, and she's like the uh, the head trainer that they call her. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's someone they just added. I mean, I feel like they shouldn't be adding characters, but I don't know.
0: Um, so overall, Kira, what do you think you would rate it?
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, I think it was nice to refresh how everything that happens, like before the games and everything, f- before the movie. But anyone that's a diehard fan, which you probably are if you're listening to this, they already know all the information that they give, except for the information that we just talked about, and you already know that by now. Mm-hmm. So there's no point in getting this book. I give it a D plus because it's only a handful of new pictures, which it's like, at this point, you're going to see all them a week in the movie. Yeah. Um, and for a book of nearly 130 pages, the only new information was what we gave. And 50 pages is just pictures of the tributes that no one cares about. Like, we don't need profile shots of every single tribute. Like, what are you going to do? Like, take the pages out and post them on your wall? Like... Like you did? No, I... No, no. Those are the actual posters that came out. Like, the profile shots of people in here are just, I don't know, it's like... I feel like it was just filler and like, oh, we'll just put this book out so people will buy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I bought it so we could, you know, because I thought there were going to be more backstory of the tributes. And so that's why I bought it and obviously to, you know, talk about it on the show. But it's not worth it. Even though it's only $8, it sounds like, oh, you know, what could go wrong? This could go wrong. There could be like no new information, like which the only new information is what we covered. And it really wasn't that much. Most of it was just us speculating about things, which is not in the book. They don't speculate about things, right? So I suggest not buying it.
0: Right, so. I agree. The, uh, when I heard about the tribute guide, I thought they were gonna like come up with like I know uh, be made up because we don't know any of the tributes, but like some backstories behind the tributes, like stuff like Katniss and where they come from, and, like what their lifestyles, like like a story of how, how the they got re- they have. right. I thought it'd be like a tribute guide, like to give us a better understanding of the tributes. Yeah, That's what I thought.
1: Just like how um we know um that we're going to find out Foxbase's real name in the movie. That's already, that tidbit has been released that we'll find out her name in the movie. Like, they should have put, like, characters, like, I don't know, like, their last names, for instance. I mean, not that that's important. It's just it would have added to the book. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, to give I mean, more because, perspective behind just the I mean, book. Just
0: because Susan Collins didn't add the last names in doesn't mean that they're, they're not there.
1: Yeah, like, I'm sure that she has a whole thing. Like, right. Like a whole, like, binder of just all, like, information or, like, a whole room. Like, obviously, there's more to Panem than what we already know. Yeah. hmm And, um, I mean, there's still one book to come out, um, which is, is The is World it? of the Hungry Games, and that's coming out the day The Hungry Games is out, and I pre-ordered it a couple months ago.
0: Alright. So overall we would not recommend the tribute guide, but the no. Illustrated Companion I think we do. Yeah, recommend.
1: I would I would get that 'cause it's a pretty cool book to like flip through and definitely get you excited for the film, like right. seeing all the pictures and like realizing how much we you're <laughs> gonna get. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Alright, so um that's up for under the microscope. So we move on now to Capitol Opera. And you guys know the deal with this. I so just play a song that connects the novel. So this week, I've selected the new song, Eyes Open by T-Swift. <laughs> T-Swift. <And that's, laughs> yeah.
1: And that just came out today, yeah, um, so March like 15th.
0: So we're going to be the first people to... Analyze. let's See what we got here. And so, um, you guys, remember, if you've got, got your favorite songs going on, or you have your own songs that you created, just send us a tweet at Pod or email us at nightlockpodcast at gmail.com, and we may have your song featured on the show.
1: Yep. So, so keep those... I'm pretty
0: good at e- responding to people's emails I think Kira does the business handle stuff, like she. I very you don't you don't respond to people's um, emails. I do. I think I do a lot more. than uh,
1: you do. I don't know about that, yeah, but.
0: I'm more of the sociable kind of person. Oh,
1: definitely. Oh. Yeah, because you're yeah. really on the social websites what's all the time. The,
0: What's the time. Facebook,
1: Twitter. You're the one posting everything. Anyway, so. All
0: right.
1: Go ahead with your spiel here. So we're going to take a listen to it now, and. uh,
0: Well, analyze it. See what you think. Everybody's waiting. Everybody's watching. Even when you're sleeping. Keep your eyes open. So this is, I think, the first. Line. It's like, it's not a normal song where we hear Taylor Swift singing.
1: Yeah. It's kind about of like has romance like romance or something.
0: Kind oh, of like that rock type thing going on. Uh, I
1: don't know.
0: I don't, I don't know. It's. I mean,
1: you obviously I, hasn't heard classic rock. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: um, our first thing I want to talk about is the like timestamp of zero zero. Like the first thing, it's like a droning scream type of thing.
1: Yeah, just like we heard in the um, the first trailer. Remember, like, that drone at the end? You know know what I'm talking about? Like, that? It was just, like, one single note that you and Alex were talking about?
0: Yeah, but that's just, like, that's... That was different. This was a person's voice.
1: Right. So, I feel
0: like... I feel like that scream could be a wake-up from a dream, a nightmare, like Katniss Mm. suffers from. Yeah. Those constant nightmares of dying children and all those horrible things. Um... Also, I'm just going to talk about my points here. You can talk about yours later. Um,
1: Okay. Get out of (laughs) here. I'll just leave then.
0: Um, Also, eyes wide open make it seem like the capital, you have to keep watching yourself. You can't close your eyes or else you're going to lose yourself in a place where you don't want to be.
1: I think it's also like eyes wide open so you can take in everything that's going around you and you can react quickly or like not react. But also, it's kind of like contradictory.
0: You don't want to have your eyes open all the time. You want to... Be able to like close your eyes, want to be able to escape and not be in a place where you're uncomfortable or like a place where you don't feel your security around you.
1: Only take in as much as you can handle almost? I don't know. Like, I guess.
0: I don't... I'm trying to come on the more insightful side of you're just like, hey, okay. it's general. No, um, <laughs> okay,
1: alright. I'm cool.
0: <laughs> what else is there? Um what else do I want to talk about? Um the image on the video. It's of Taylor Swift and she has like hands collapsed around her. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like cat. Is it her
1: own? It's her own hands, right? I
0: think so. Um, I think it's her own hands, or I think there's multiple hands. Let's take a look here. Um, uh, yeah, it's her own hands.
1: They're just in front of her, but she looks very, like, she has very long earrings, and then she has, like, dark makeup um, around her eyes, and yeah. it's kind of very dark.
0: Yeah, I like, I thought there were, like, multiple hands, but I guess it's just her no, two it's hands. No, it's just hers. It's like what very- is she
1: holding? She's holding something.
0: So it looks like a feather, yeah. yeah, I don't know what that looks like
1: hmm it makes sense if it was a feather so
0: or a bird, yeah, know. mockingjay type thing, um hands inside of a uh, desperation prayer type yeah. kind of thing um Mhm. so that's my spiel on it
1: um I wanted to connect to the quote waiting watching, and it said some other lyrics I didn't catch, but um kind of <laughs> stop. <laughs> Sorry, um, Kira
0: has really bad hearing.
1: Yeah. No, I can hear fine. I just can't comprehend. Um yeah, so the waiting watching, kind of like how the families at home um with tributes that are family members, um, they're waiting for their, you know, loved ones to come home and they're like, you know, anxiously watching them and everything and as well as other, you know, other people in um Pan Am that don't have um relatives in there. But it was just kind of interesting how, you know, that's directly Hunger Games. Like, they're, you know, she doesn't necessarily say Hunger Games specifically. I don't but think
0: any any of the songs in the companion CD talk, say Hunger no,
1: Games. No, no, they don't say any They're made words.
0: for the movie, but they can all be taken in different movie settings, different situations. Because they don't want to say, like, I'm in the Hunger Games. No, that's Oh, to be honest, that's stupid.
1: Yeah, no, You're I wouldn't to, want that. You
0: want the listener to come up with their own assumptions, like, what they think, what the song, how the song relates to them.
1: Right, and, like, some lyrics can. It's like, oh, of course that's going to be this or whatever. Right. Um. Also, the quote that said, dreaming dreams um, of hap- with happy endings, and then it kind of goes on, and then it says, but now, cruel world, how kind of like Katniss grew up with her dad all happy, and then now she's living in a very cruel world where death is a, you know, permanent Thing that she's worrying about, right? Um, so definitely good song.
0: Very Lyrics good, song. good.
1: It's a little darker. Her
0: Hunger Games songs, for some reason, always just like yeah. get to me. I don't know why.
1: It's, it's a little like this, darker than what she yeah. usually does.
0: Safe and sound, just for some reason, have yeah. like that big impact.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't think
0: it was just me. I think it was everybody. Yeah, everyone loves that song. I don't think that well. I think there are a few songs people don't like by her, but I think that's one of her yeah. most popular songs
1: mm-hmm.
0: because it's just it's. Amazing. So, um, this one, I feel would be in the ending credits.
1: Mm.
0: I feel like this one would be better.
1: I like Safe and Sound better than this one for ending credits. I
0: don't know because they always have some form of like guitar music at the end of movie credits.
1: Do you think it should be more upbeat, being the because where we're ending the book ends where mm-hmm. her and Peter you know or take leaving, hands for the last time. The train,
0: getting off so, the train.
1: It's, I guess bittersweet because they're going home, but I mean they're not together anymore. You know what I mean? So it's like well, everyone's
0: everyone's waiting. That can also be there on the train. Everyone's from District Twelve waiting for them to come home.
1: So are you saying that this like, would be a good song like, because it's the ending
0: credits because of like how the full movie, circle for how the movie leaves off?
1: Yeah, it kind of touches upon everything in the movie. Yeah. Instead of just safe and sound, how it's like safe and sound. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Okay. So, I still disagree. I don't know.
0: We'll find it out later. Okay. Beat you up. Um, so that will go under uh, my capital opera. So, just keep submitting stuff in, guys, if you want. Um, uh, what was I gonna say? No, that's it. All right. (laughs) Um, move on. We have this one new segment that we're just gonna breeze through here. Um, this is our top five most anticipated scenes. So Kira made this list on what she feel well what we both mutually agree on. Would be. The most anticipated scenes that we want to see in the movie. Right. Um maybe I think maybe mine'll be I think mine are pretty much a little bit different, but
1: Yeah. You can go okay, for it. I'll read this and then once I'm done reading it, then you can so do like, your little rebuttal. So
0: number five is the one that's the least anticipated.
1: Well, I mean, out of all the scenes, these are the most anticipated. Number one is uh, the most anticipated, like dum 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 kind of thing. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So number five is the boy with the bread scene of him. Oh, sorry, of Peta giving Katniss the loaf of bread. See, I feel like I'm not. I don't know why. I'm just not too excited to see that scene. But I feel like you are, so I put it as number five.
0: Oh, so
1: is- I'm I'm very thoughtful. <laughs> see, for that one, I probably would have put the feast, but I thought of you and was trying to make a list for both of us. But whatever. <laughs> um. Okay. So number four would be mutations. Agree or disagree?
0: I always have the Remus Lupin werewolf thing stuck in my head. Like, <laughs> that's what I think the mutations are, and they're but probably aren't, not. aren't you
1: interested to see... Yeah, what they look like, yeah. Because of those thoughts, what are they going to look like? We have no idea. Like, no idea I all. always
0: got, like, that Remus Lupin scene where, like, they're coming... Yeah. They're coming... He's coming after Harry and Hermione when they go back in time.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: feel like that scene where, like, he just jumps out in front of the screen. Like, that's how I'm picturing it in my head.
1: Yeah, that's not how I'm picturing it at all. I'm picturing more, like, wolves from Twilight, unfortunately. Well, whatever. But... Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I'm anticipated to see this just because I don't know exactly what the mutations are going to look. Mutations. I always say mutations. Mutations are going to look like, and just to see like the three of them acting, you know, like Uh Xander, um, Jen and Josh to see like how they're all going to like really take this on. And like, you know, some of the feedback has been like that the mutations look pretty cool. So go ahead. the next one is the tracker jacker scene, which we've. Talked about a lot of how they're going to kind of make this into a scene that she's kind of losing herself and that she's kind of like crazy out of her mind. Um, yeah. So, like, if, if they're going to do flashbacks, if they're going to make everything like, like a fun house kind of thing where they're going to like change sizes of everything and make it all like loopy and everything, um, but without being corny. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, number two, which is probably math number one. Would be wait no. Wouldn't the feast be your number one because of the Cato and Clove moment? Wouldn't that be your number one, Matt? Stop.
0: Okay, I have this all in my mind. Just like let me just
1: let me just say
0: what you guys say, and then you'll just and take just it over, take okay. it all apart.
1: All right. So cave scenes number two. This isn't mine. This is what I thought we would agree on. <laughs>
0: well, this is what so, you agree on. All
1: right. Well, cave scenes. Um, just all the scenes of Catus and Peter together talking, and you know those last couple chapters of them together. Um And then Rue's Death would probably be my number one. I think that's going to be kind of the climax of the movie, almost, for me. I mean...
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so that's what I'm excited about seeing. How about you, Matt? Just rip me apart.
0: <laughs> my, all right, I'm, I don't think they all have in, like, these set orders. I'm going to go by number one. Number one, cave scenes, like. Yeah, okay. Completely. I think Mariah minute, and I... Wait the
1: feast. Are you turning? Sh- Are you turning? Sh- Are you turning? <laughs>
0: Stop! <laughs> I think Mariah and I can both agree on the cave scenes. Yeah. Um, number two is the feast scene. Okay. Particularly really the end of the feast scene. Um, but number three.
1: Oh, you, you like when Thrush caves Cloves Head in? Is that the ending that you're really looking forward to? Shut
0: up. Number three is, um, the scene where they're on top of the cornucopia the night before. The, the Hunger Games ends.
1: Okay, so, the, like, the end of the,
0: mutations. Like, no, but, like, that's a whole different scene, though.
1: That's true. Okay. So, like,
0: that's the scene where, like, they're wrapped in, like... So,
1: you're picking all the emotional scenes, and I'm picking, um, like, the visual scenes. Um,
0: my other one would be the, uh... No. Not the Tracker track tracker. um no. Okay. Shoot, shoot. Um... have
1: about this, pregame I this... stuff? Chariot ride. Just stop, stop, okay, stop, d- 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 Just trying um, to help you. It's awkward. Um, <laughs> the reaping. Really? The Reaping
0: would be I'm probably I'm not my excited most. for that at all. Oh, I God. feel like it's been
1: spoiled for us from, like... Oh, no, no. I'm Rue's saying. death
0: is my number four. Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. Rue's Good.
0: death is my number four.
1: Yeah, I'm not excited okay. for The Reaping. It's not even on yeah. my top ten.
0: Number five is The Reaping.
1: Okay. Much. That's going to be it. All
0: right. I mean, the boy with the bread scene is, like... The boy with the bread scene and the reaping scene are, like, co,
1: co- They co- coexist? <laughs> same, <laughs> same thing. Like, okay. that's how
0: I feel of them. Just going to start sobbing when those scenes happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um... <laughs> Let's see. I think that's, uh, that's
1: good. Yeah, so that kind of wrap up, wraps up the show. So I'll just plug a few things here. Um, Squarespace, as we said at the beginning of the episode, is an awesome site to create your website. Um, <laughs> your
0: website? <yep.
1: laughs> that's how slow I think. Um, so if you like our website and kind of like the design, you can kind of replicate it with your own website, squarespace.com slash nightlock. <laughs> <And>, um, <laughs> what? Sorry.
0: I I looked at your lips and no one could say, you're like, (laughs) squarespace.com.
1: Okay, I like to pronunciate my words. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You can use Nightlock 2. Sorry, people. That's Nightlock 2, if you couldn't hear over Matt's moaning over there. yeah, so if you have any questions related to that or anything at all, shoot us an email at nightlockpodcastgmail.com. If you want to comment on something that we said, if you want to correct us because we're always wrong about everything, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Um, If you want to send us hate mail, I mean, go right ahead. If you don't hey. like Matt, then just send it in. But how we'll do you know that, do you know the that they, won't, they don't hate you? Because I'm the star of the episode. Uh, are you now? Oh, yeah. Really? So, also, like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash nightlockpodcast. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash nightlockpod. Subscribe us on iTunes. You can find all those links on our website nightlockpodcast.com. <laughs> so, keep up the reviews on iTunes, guys. That's, you know, reviewing us is the best way to spread the word about our podcast and um definitely getting it out there. I know we're going to add our podcast to a couple different podcast directories and really spread the word. And um that's something else we're going to be doing at the premiere. We're going to... You know, hand out our business cards, mm-hmm. and we're making t-shirts. So, we're going to end
0: the show with, again, with our recommendation segment, which is where... Uh, our books. Books. Sorry, books. Where, um, we recommend a book that the readers of The Hungers may enjoy. So, I'll start off, and I uh, recommend The Five People You Meet in Heaven by Mitch Alborn. Album. Album, Album sorry. Album. Alborn. <laughs>
1: sorry. Mitch Album.
0: Um... I think this is a very good book. I don't think it's related to Hung Hunger Games at all. But, but
1: that concept isn't you know, sticking you know, to I don't
0: think it's anymore. We're just recommending books. All right. All um, right. I just, like, it's a really interesting book. Like, you would never think, like, each person he goes up to had some profound impact on his life. Okay. The main character's life. As he goes up to heaven, he's going to meet with them. And, like, he talks to them. And they tell him, like, what they did for him throughout his life. So, it's a very, it's a very, like, it's a very inspirational book. And, um...
1: I think I liked it. it awesome. Very... You, you think you liked it. Think, it was yeah. awesome, but little, you think you liked I'm it.
0: I'm a little defense there. No.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Kira, and I recommend The Giver by Lois Lowry. And uh, actually, Mariah and I just had a um, book club meeting today, of, and we talked about this book. Um, it's a dystopian novel, so that's why it's related to The Hunger Games, as we're supposed to relate our books to The Hunger Games. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: Sorry. So, basically, it's, Kind of like, instead of like a bunch of different districts, it's like one um, unit, one kind of town. And it's very like communism. Um, Everything is the same, and like people will apply for, uh, you know, husband or wife, and then they'll apply for a child, and everything's very set and um, set in stone, and nothing can change. And um, so it's definitely very similar to The Hunger Games. And um, it's on a bunch of banned books lists, so it's obviously very awesome. Um, So you guys should definitely check that book out. The Giver by Lois Lowry, and, um, yeah, so that's my book recommendation.
0: So, we will see you guys for our next episode, which is the Companion CD, and, um, seven more days, guys. Yeah. It's going to be great. So excited. So, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Bye.